Chapter 22, verses 15 through 33 of Catina Aurea, Commentary on the Four Gospels Collected of the Works of the Fathers by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Verses 15 through 22. Then went the Pharisees and took counsel how they might entangle him in his talk. And they sent out unto him their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Master, we know that thou art true, and teachest the way of God in truth. Neitherest care thou for any man, for thou regardest not the person of men. Tell us therefore, what thinkest thou? Is it lawful to give tribute unto Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness, and said, Why tempt ye me, ye hypocrites? Show me the tribute money. And they brought unto him a penny. And he saith unto them, Whose is this image and superscription? They say unto him, Caesar's. Then saith he unto them, Render therefore unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. When they had heard these words, they marveled and left him, and went their way. Pseudo-Chrysostom, as when one seeks to dam a stream of running water, as soon as one outlet is stopped up, it makes another channel for itself. So the malevolence of the Jews, foiled on the one hand, seeks itself out another course. Then went the Pharisees, went to the Herodians, such as the plan was, such were the planners. They send unto him their disciples with the Herodians, Gloss, who, as unknown to him, were more likely to ensnare him, and so through them they might take him, which they feared to do of themselves because of the populace. Jerome, lately under Caesar Augustus, Judea, which was subject to the Romans, had been made tributary when the census was held of the whole world and there was a great division among the people, some saying the tribute ought to be paid to the Romans in return for the security and quiet which their arms maintained for all. The Pharisees, on the other hand, self-satisfied in their own righteousness, contended that the people of God who paid tithes and gave first fruits, and did all the other things which are written in the law, ought not to be subject to human laws. But Augustus, who had given the Jews as king Herod, son of Antipater, a foreigner and a proselyte, he was to exact the tribute, yet to be subject to the Roman dominion. The Pharisees therefore send their disciples with the Herodians, that is, with Herod's soldiers, or those whom the Pharisees in mockery called Herodians, because they paid tribute to the Romans, and were not devoted to the worship of God. Chrysostom, they sent their disciples and Herod's soldiers together, that whatever opinion he might give might be found fault with. Yet would they rather have had him say somewhat against the Herodians, for being themselves afraid to lay hands on him because of the populace. They sought to bring him into danger through his liability to pay tribute. Pseudo-Chrysostom. This is the commonest act of hypocrites, to commend those they would ruin. Thus these break out into praises of him, saying, Master, we know that thou art true. They call him Master, that, deceived by this show of honor and respect, he might in simplicity open all his heart to them, as seeking to gain them for disciples. Gloss. There are three ways in which it is possible for one not to teach the truth. First, on the side of the teacher, who may either not know or not love the truth. Guarding against this, they say, We know that thou art true. Secondly, on the side of God, there are some who, putting aside all fear of him, do not utter honestly the truth which they know respecting him, to exclude this, they say, and teachest the way of God in truth. Thirdly, 
on the side of our neighbor when through fear or affection any one withholds the truth to exclude this they say and carest for no man for thou regardest not the person of man chrysostom this was a covert allusion to herod and caesar jerome this smooth and treacherous inquiry was a kind of challenge to the answerer to fear god rather than caesar and immediately they say tell us therefore what thinkest thou is it lawful to give tribute to caesar or not should he say tribute should not be paid the herodians would immediately accuse him as a person disaffected to the emperor chrysostom they knew that certain had before suffered death for this very thing as plotting a rebellion against the romans therefore they sought by such discourse to bring him into the same suspicion pseudo chrysostom he makes an answer not corresponding to the smooth tone of their address but harsh suitable to their cruel thoughts for god answers men's hearts and not their words jerome this is the first excellence of the answerer that he discerns the thoughts of his examiners and calls them not disciples but tempters a hypocrite is he who is one thing and feigns himself another pseudo chrysostom he therefore calls them hypocrites that seeing him to be a discerner of human hearts they might be hardy enough to carry through their design observe thus how the pharisees spoke fair that they might destroy him but jesus put them to shame that he might save them for god's wrath is more profitable to man than man's favor jerome wisdom does ever wisely and so the tempters are best confuted out of their own words therefore it follows show me the tribute money and they brought unto him a denarius this was a coined reckoned equivalent to ten sesterzines and bore the image of caesar but those who think that the saviour asks because he is ignorant learn from the present place that it is not so for at all events jesus must have known whose image was on the coin they say unto him caesar's not augustus but tiberius under whom also the lord suffered all the roman emperors were called caesar from caius caesar who first seized the chief power render therefore unto caesar the things which are caesar's i e the coin tribute or money hilary for if there remain with us nothing that is caesar's we shall not be bound by the condition of rendering to him the things that are his but if we lean upon what is his if we avail ourselves of the lawful protection of his power we cannot complain of it as any wrong if we are required to render to caesar the things of caesar chrysostom but when you hear this command to render to caesar the things of caesar know that such things only are intended which in nothing are opposed to religion if such there be it is no longer caesar's but the devil's tribute and moreover that they might not say that he was subjecting them to man he adds not to god the things that are god's jerome that is tithes first fruits oblation and victims as the lord himself rendered to caesar tribute both for himself and for peter and also rendered unto god the things that are god's in doing the will of his father hilary it behooves us also to render unto god the things that are his namely body soul and will for caesar's coin is in the gold in which his image was portrayed that is god's coin on which the divine image is stamped give therefore you money to caesar but preserve a conscience void of offence for god origin from this place we learn by the saviour's example not to be allured by those things which have many voices for them and thence seem famous 
but to incline rather to those things which are spoken according to some manner of reason. But we may also understand this place morally, that we ought to give some things to the body as a tribute to Caesar, that is to say, necessaries. And such things are congenial to our soul's nature, that is, such things as lead to virtue, those we ought to offer to God, they then who, without any moderation, inculcate the law of God, and command us to have no care for the things required by the body, are the Pharisees, who forbade to give tribute to Caesar, forbidding to marry, and commanding to abstain from meats, which God hath created. They, on the other hand, to allow too much indulgence to the body, are the Herodians, but our Savior would neither that virtue should be enfeebled by immoderate devotedness to the flesh, nor that our fleshly nature should be opposed by our unremitting efforts after virtue. Or the prince of this world, that is, the devil, is called Caesar, and we cannot render to God the things that are God's unless we have first rendered to this prince all that is his, that is, have cast off all wickedness. This, moreover, let us learn from this place, that to those who tempt us we should neither be totally silent nor yet answer openly, but with caution, to cut off all occasion from those who seek occasion in us, and teach without blame the things which may save those who are willing to be saved. Jerome. They who ought to have believed did but wonder at his great wisdom, that their craft had found no means for ensnaring him. Whence it follows, when they had heard these words, they marveled and left him, and went their way, carrying away their unbelief and wonder together. Verses 23 through 33. The same day came to him the Sadducees, which say that there is no resurrection, and asked him, saying, Master, Moses said, If a man die, having no children, his brother shall marry his wife, and raise up seed unto his brother. Now there were with us seven brethren, and the first, when he had married a wife, deceased, and having no issue, left his wife unto his brother, likewise the second also, and the third unto the seventh. And the last of all, the woman died also. Therefore in the resurrection, whose wife shall she be of the seven? For they all had her. Jesus answered and said unto them, Ye do err, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven. But as touching the resurrection of the dead, have ye not read that which was spoken unto you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. And when the multitude heard this, they were astonished at his doctrine. Chrysostom, the disciples of the Pharisees with the Herodians, being thus confuted, the Sadducees next offered themselves, whereas the overthrow of those before them ought to have kept them back. But presumption is shameless, stubborn, and ready to attempt things impossible. So the evangelist, wondering at their folly, expresses this saying, The same day came to him the Sadducees, Pseudo-Chrysostom. As soon as the Pharisees were gone, came the Sadducees, perhaps with like intent, for there was a strife among them who should be the first to seize him. Or if by argument they should not be able to overcome him, they might at least by perseverance wear out his understanding. Jerome, there were two sects among the Jews, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The Pharisees pretended to the righteousness of traditions and observances, whence they were called by the people separate. The Sadducees, the word is interpreted righteous, also passed themselves for what they were not. And whereas the first believed the resurrection of body and soul, 
and confessed both angel and spirit, these, according to the Acts of the Apostles, denied them all. It is here also said, who say that there is no resurrection. Origin. They not only denied the resurrection of the body, but took away the immortality of the soul. Pseudo-Chrysostom. For the devil, finding himself unable to crush utterly the religion of God, brought in the sect of the Sadducees, denying the resurrection of the dead, thus breaking down all purpose of a righteous life. For who is there that would endure a daily struggle against himself unless he looked to the hope of the resurrection? Gregory. But there are who, observing that the spirit is loosed from the body, that this flesh is turned to corruption, that the corruption is reduced to dust, and that the dust again is resolved into the elements, so as to be unseen by human eyes, despair of the possibility of a resurrection, and while they looked upon the dry bones, doubt that they can be clothed with flesh, and be quickened anew to life. Augustine. But that earthy matter of which the flesh of men is made perishes not before God, but into whatsoever dust or ashes reduced, into whatsoever gases or vapors dispersed, into whatsoever other bodies incorporated, though resolved into the elements, though become the food or part of the flesh of animals or men, yet is it in a moment of time restored to that human soul, which at the first quickened it that it became man, lived and grew. Pseudo-Chrysostom. But the Sadducees thought that they had now discovered a most convincing argument in favor of their error. Chrysostom. For because debt to the Jews, who did all things for the present life, seemed to be an unmixed evil, Moses ordered that the wife of one who died without sons should be given to his brother, that a son might be born to the dead man by his brother, and his name should not perish, which was some alleviation of death. But none other but a brother or relation was commanded to take the wife of the dead, otherwise the child born would not have been considered the son of the dead, and also because a stranger could have no concern in establishing the house of him that was dead, as a brother whose kindred obliged him thereto. Jerome, as they disbelieved the resurrection of the body and supposed that the soul perished with the body, they accordingly invent a fable to display the fondness of the belief of a resurrection. Thus they put forward a base fiction to overthrow the verity of the resurrection and conclude with asking in the resurrection whose shall she be, though it might be that such an instance might really occur in their nation. Augustine, mystically by these seven brethren are understood the wicked, who could not bring forth the fruit of righteousness in the earth through all the seven ages of the world, during which this earth has being. For afterwards this earth also shall pass away, through which all those seven passed away unfruitful. Pseudo-Chrysostom, wisely does he first convict them of folly, in that they did not read, and afterwards of ignorance, in that they did not know God. For of diligence in reading springs knowledge of God, but ignorance is the offspring of neglect. Jerome, they therefore err because they know not the scriptures, and because they know not the power of God. Origin. Two things there are which he says they know not, the scriptures and the power of God, by which is brought to pass the resurrection and the new life in it, or by the power of God, which the Lord here convicts the Sadducees that they knew not, he intends himself, who was the power of God, and him they knew not, as not knowing the scriptures which spoke of him, and thence also they believed not the resurrection, 
which he should affect. But it is asked when the Savior says, Ye do err, not knowing the Scriptures, if he means that this text, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, is in some Scripture, though it is not read in the Old Testament. We say that these very words are indeed not found, but that the truth is in a mystery implied in the moral sense of Scripture, the law which is a shadow of good things to come, whenever it speaks of husbands and wives, speaks chiefly of spiritual wedlock. But neither this do I find anywhere spoken in the scripture, that the saints shall be after their departure as the angels of God, unless one will understand this also to be inferred morally, as where it is said, And thou shalt go to thy fathers. And he was gathered to his people. Or one may say, He blamed them, that they read not the other scriptures, which are besides the law, and therefore they erred. Another says that they knew not the scriptures of the Mosaic law, for this reason that they did not sift their divine sense. Pseudo-Chrysostom. Or when he says, in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, he referred to what he had said, ye know not the power of God. But when he proceeded, I am the God of Abraham, etc., to that ye know not the scriptures. And thus ought we to do, as cavaliers, first to set forth scripture authority on any question, and then to show the grounds of reason. But to those who ask out of ignorance to show first the reason, and then the authority. For cavaliers ought to be refuted, inquirers taught. To these then who had put their question in ignorance, he first shows the reason, saying, in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage. Jerome. In these words, the Latin language cannot follow the Greek idiom, for the Latin word numbere is correctly said only of the woman, but we must take it as to understand marry of men to be given in marriage of women. Pseudo-Chrysostom. In this life that we may die, therefore are we born, and we marry to the end that that which death consumes, birth may replenish. Therefore, where the law of death is taken away, the cause of birth is taken away likewise. Hilary, it had been enough to have cut off this opinion of the Sadducees of sensual enjoyment, that where the function ceased, the empty pleasure of the body accompanying it ceased also. But he adds, but are as the angels of God in heaven, Chrysostom, which is an apt reply to their question, for the reason for judging that there would be no resurrection was that they supposed that their condition when risen would be the same. This reason then he removes by showing that their condition would be altered. Pseudo-Chrysostom. It should be noted that when he spoke of fasting, alms, and other spiritual virtues, he did not bring in the comparison of angels, but only here where he speaks of the ceasing of marriage. For as at all acts of the flesh are animal acts, but this of lust especially so, so all the virtues are angelic acts, but especially chastity, by which our nature is bound to the other virtues. Jerome, this that is added, but are as the angels of God in heaven, is an assurance that our conversation in heaven shall be spiritual. Dionysus, for then when we shall be incorruptible and immortal, by the visible presence of God himself, we shall be filled with most chaste contemplations, and shall share the gift of life to the understanding in our impassable and immaterial soul, after the fashion of the exalted souls in heaven, on which account it is said that we shall be equal to the angels. Hilary. 
the same cavil that the Sadducees here offer respecting marriage, is renewed by many who ask, in what form the female sex shall rise again. But what the authority of Scripture leads us to think concerning the angels, so must we suppose that it will be with women in the resurrection of our species. Augustine. To me they seem to think most justly, who doubt not that both sexes shall rise again. For there shall be no desire which is the cause of confusion. For before they had sinned, they were naked. And that nature which they then had shall be preserved, which was quit both of conception and of childbirth. Also the members of women shall be adopted to their former use, but framed for a new beauty, one by which the beholder is not allured to lust, which shall not then be, but God's wisdom and mercy shall be praised, which made that to be which was not, and delivered from corruption that which was made. Jerome, for none could say of a stone and a tree or an inanimate thing that they shall not marry nor be given in marriage, but of such things only as having capacity for a marriage, shall yet in a sort not marry. Rabanus. These things which are spoken concerning the conditions of the resurrection, he spake in answer to their inquiry, but of the resurrection itself he replies aptly against their unbelief. Chrysostom. And because they had put forward Moses in their question, he confutes them by Moses, adding, But concerning the resurrection of the dead, have ye not read? Jerome. In proof of the resurrection, there were many plainer passages which he might have cited, among others that of Isaiah. The dead shall be raised. They that are in the tombs shall rise again. And in another place, many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. It is inquired, therefore, why the Lord should have chosen this testimony, which seems ambiguous, and not sufficiently belonging to the truth of the resurrection. As if by this he had proved the point adds, and he is not the God of the dead, but of the living. We have said above that the Sadducees confessed neither angel nor spirit nor resurrection of the body, and taught also the death of the soul. But they also received only the five books of Moses, rejecting the prophets. It would have been foolish, therefore, to have brought forward testimonies whose authority they did not admit. To prove the immortality of souls, therefore, he brings forward an instance out of Moses. I am not the God of Abraham, etc., and then straight subjoins, he is not the God of the dead, but of the living. So that having established that souls abide after death, forasmuch as God could not be the God of those who had no existence anywhere, there might fitly come in the resurrection of bodies which had, together with the souls, done good or evil. Chrysostom, how then is it said in another place, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's? This which is said here differs from that. The dead are the Lord's, those, that is, who are to live again, not those who have disappeared forever and shall not rise again. Hilary. It should be further considered that this was said to Moses at a time when those holy patriarchs had gone to their rest. They, therefore, of whom he was the God, were in being, for they could have had nothing if they had had not been in being. For in the nature of things that, of which somewhat else is, must have itself a being. So they who have a God must themselves be alive, since God is eternal. And it is not possible that that which is dead should have that which is eternal. How then shall it be affirmed that those do not, and shall not hereafter exist, of whom eternity itself has said that he is? Origen. 
God, moreover, is he who says, I am that I am, so that it is impossible that he should be called the God of those who are not. And see that he said not, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. But in another place he said thus, The God of the Hebrews hath sent unto me thee. For they who, in comparison of other men, are most perfect before God, have God entirely in them. Wherefore he is not said to be their God in common, but of each in particular. As when we say, That farm is theirs, we show that each of them does not own the whole of it. But when we say, That farm is his, we mean that he is the owner of the whole of it. When then it is said, The God of the Hebrews, this shows their imperfection, that each of them has some small portion in God. But it is said, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, because each one of these possess God entirely, and it is to the no small honor of the patriarchs that they live to God. Augustine, seasonably may we confute the Manichaeans by this same passage by which the Sadducees were then confuted, for they too, in another manner, deny the resurrection. Id. God is therefore called in particular the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, because in these three are expressed all the modes of begetting the sons of God. For God begets most times of a good preacher a good son, and of a bad preacher a bad son. This is signified in Abraham, who of the free woman had a believing son, and of the bond slave an unbelieving son. Sometimes indeed of a good preacher he begets both good and bad sons, which is signified in Isaac, who of the same free woman begot one good and the other bad and sometimes he begets good sons, both of good and bad preachers, which is signified in Jacob, who begot good sons, both of free women and of bondmaids. Pseudo-Chrysostom. And see how the assault of the Jews against Christ becomes more faint. Their first challenge was a threatening tone. By what authority dost thou these things? To oppose which firmness of spirit was needed. Their second was with guile. To meet which was needed wisdom. This last was with ignorant presumption, which is easier to cope with than the others. For he that thinks he knows somewhat, when he knows nothing, is an easy conquest for one who has understanding. Thus the attacks of an enemy are vehement at first, but if one endure them with a courageous spirit, he will find them more feeble. And when the multitudes heard this, they were astonished at his doctrine. Rigmigius. Not the Sadducees, but the multitudes were astonished. This is daily done in the church, when, by divine inspiration, the adversaries of the church are overcome. The multitude of the faithful rejoice. End of chapter 2, verses 15 through 33.